You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jake Spence the King. And man, I am back with a fire episode with some dope content tonight. Man, last night, we had a very, very special cross-network event. And I was joined by... I was joined by my man Bruce Nolan, Joe Miller. I was joined by Dave Tilt Money, and my man Sterling from Cover One. And they all joined me as guest analysts as we talked to Jim Manos previously of the Buffalo Bills personnel department. And I had a blast, man. I had a blast. So tonight, I want to follow it up with a very, very special guest, one of my favorite all-time Buffalo Bills players. Um, unfortunately, he he ended up having a shorter uh, career with the Buffalo Bills as as our running back due to injuries. And then, you know, the business side of things takes, you know, it takes its course once, once injuries come into play. But, man, this is a treat for me. Uh, C.J. Spiller was and you know I'll tell my story you know I probably end up saying this three times four times tonight CJ Spiller uh, was the first running back that the Buffalo Bills took that kind of fit the mode of what the team wanted you to believe a running back or a player on the roster was supposed to be um Marshawn obviously was a great running back everybody loved Marshawn I'm 35 years old so in the in the 90s when the Buffalo Bills had Thurman and and we you know were going to those Super Bowls you know I was born in 86. So, you know, 91, 90, you know, those years I was not, um, I could care less. I'll put it this way. I could care less about uh, football. I was excited because I remember going to school in like 92, 93. And, you know, as a kid, you just know you didn't want to go to school, you know. And I remember the teacher saying, if if the Bills win the Super Bowl, Tomorrow or Monday, there won't be school. And every single year there was school Monday. So I just kind of, you know, I remember I remember the Super Bowls vividly from that. Now, as an adult, I'll go back. I watch the film and I watch the games and it's like, yo, these guys were great. Um, I do remember Jim a little bit towards the end. I remember Thurman towards the end. I remember Bruce, you know, so I remember watching these guys as I began to 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 get older. But I didn't really get to understand the game and, and fall in love with the game until I got a little bit older. And Doug Flutie, Eric Modes, um, that team, that roster was the roster for me that kind of got me to really, you know, just fall in love with with football, fall in love with the way, um, you know, 11 guys going up against another 11 guys head up. That was what made me fall in love with it. So, you know, fast forward, we we get Marshawn Lynch and there's some off field issues that, um, you know, I didn't necessarily care, <laughs> but you know they didn't they didn't put Mar they didn't put Marshawn out there to look like the best of the best and by them I don't mean the team I mean certain members of the media um, and certain members of um, just just in general people in Buffalo did not necessarily care for Marshawn back then uh, so in comes C.J. Spiller this young dynamic like just speedy. Um, very versatile player. He could catch, he could run, he could return punts. He could, you know, he just snatching ankles on a regular, you know what I'm saying? Like this is who CJ was. And as a, as a kid growing up, you're hearing about Barry Sanders. Barry was um, probably, uh, Barry was probably my favorite for a good reason. You know, Barry, Barry was the truth and no diss to Thurm. Everybody knows Thurm in Buffalo was that dude, but playing Madden, like as a kid growing up in the Madden era, you went to the, Barry. So Barry was my guy. CJ was my first guy um, as a Bills player who reminded me 
of of that style of running on my team that I could be excited about at the age that I love football. So tonight is going to be fun for me. Sorry for that whole story to tell you that one little bit, but man, it was, it was such a, it was such a treat for me to be able to speak with him tonight. So uh, before I bring CJ in though, um, I do want to bring in Sterling again from last night from cover one. I want to bring Sterling in because with, with Coach Spiller coming in on the show, obviously I'm going to talk to him about Travis Etienne. We had we see Todd McShay talking about now how the Bills are going to um, trade up. I don't believe that, but how we're going to trade up to get him. Um, you know, so I'll figure. Let's let's get let's get my man Sterles in here. We're going to talk a little bit about about Travis. I want a, a draft profile. I want to know what kind of player he is. Going to talk about a couple other things, and then we're going to get CJ in here. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's going, is I, I promise you, it's probably um, my favorite so far. So hope you all enjoy it. I'm in the chat with you all. So hey, let's let's chop this thing up all night. Talk to me. I'm talking to you. Uh, let me know how you feel. Let me know how you like it. Let's do this, man. Go Bills. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all already know. I told y'all I'm doing it big all week, so I'm bringing my man Stros back from last night. He already kicked it with me and Jim Manos last night and the rest of the crew. Uh, first, Stros, thank you for doing that, man. I had fun last night. Oh, dude, that was that was dope. I didn't know Jim was so laid back and cool, man. Uh, dude, open book. Yeah, that I've I never talked to somebody like that, you know, that high or had such close connections and ties to the front office to the Bills, so... It was really interesting to see, man. I'm glad you put that together, though. Yeah, you know, I'm going to try to start doing more things like that where we can, um, because, like, so, for instance, with Jim being, like you mentioned, like, so high up in a front office and uh, having the back behind-the-scenes type stories uh, to the, the front office position. So, I like, I figured draft guys, guys who would have good questions about um, personnel decisions and uh, guys who know what it's like to be um, – you know, scouts or, or at least try to study on that type of thing. I figured you guys would ask the right questions. Um, you know, so then we get other guys in here. I'm going to get another set of group of content creators to, to uh, ask some questions. I just think stuff like that, man, when we can maximize each other's talents, I think it'd be great. So, you know, speaking of maximizing talents, I, me and you were talking a little bit before we started going live. Yo, Stephen A. Smith this morning went on first take and was talking about the Buffalo Bills need to do what they need to do to go and trade for Julio. Now, it's not going to take a first-round pick. As good as Julio, as elite as Julio is, it wouldn't take a first-round pick because of his age and because of the, the history of injuries. Uh, how, how would you feel about the Buffalo Bills trying? Do you think that's something that's a realistic in your mind? Now, again, we got to think about the cap space. We got I think it's like a 14 million hit, which, you know, obviously the Bills, Brandon Bean has shown he can kind of dance around numbers and do some things. What do you think about about that idea that um, Stephen A. Smith threw out there this morning? I mean, I think every Bills fan thinks about it. Yeah, I would say even before, I mean, when you hear a name like Julio Jones and Atlanta Falcons, you know, him being possibly traded or even just talking about being traded, it, 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 it piques your interest. I mean, we're the Bills. Like, we all, any, anybody gets cut, we're like, they, they should come play in Buffalo. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, the cool thing is, is like, I really do believe players can come to Buffalo to be the best versions of themselves. So not, not only is Julio one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. I mean, the guy's coming off of, uh, what, 700 yard season. I mean, his numbers are, are dropping, you know, uh, but I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, maybe injuries, you know, Calvin Ridley was balling out last year. Uh, and the Falcons is kind of being trash. I mean, let's be honest. But him being in Buffalo, I mean, with Stefan Diggs taking the attention, and then you got Julio on the other side, man, that's tough, bro. That you ain't gonna be able to handle that. I would love it. Yeah. I, I mean, what third, fourth round pick gets it done? What? I would say I, I would think probably a second. You know, it's second? still Julio. It's still like last season. I know you mentioned the seven hundred yard season. Um, you know, they they kind of they shelved him early. Um, he he did have the hamstring injury, which kind of limited him with some games, but they shut him down too. Like if they were in playoff contention, if, if they would have made the playoffs or been chasing for it, Julio would have played probably 13 or 14 games last year. Um, and the GM came out last year and actually said, like, look, we're putting him, we're we're shutting him down because you know there's no point of further risking this type of injury. So I posted a, his stats earlier, man. He's really only missed games last season, and then I believe it was 
2012. I got I got to go 13 season yep. where he missed some time. Other than that, every single season he's had over a thousand yards. Every single season he's been Julio and he's played through injuries. He's on the injury report every single week, just like Tom Brady. So like you don't really think Tom is injured, but when he was in New England, every single time we played that dude, he was on the injury report. Yeah, man. I mean, this dude, what, since 20, I think it's 2014, he's had at least 1,300 receiving yards, man. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That's crazy. But when you look at it, it's like the only – so prior to Julio, the last guy to do anything similar to this was Megatron. Yeah. We don't see guys like Julio. So, like, I get into these debates often because, um, you know, obviously Bills fans, we we, we become, like, victims of – recency bias and we become victims of our of our own emotions um i love stefan diggs i think stefan diggs is ascending to be the best or close to the best receiver in the game i don't think he's there yet and that's not a slight to steph like for me to say steph is top five in the league top four in the league i don't think that's a diss (laughs) at all i just think when you look at guys like julio jones when you look at guys like deandre hopkins um even to this point this season, I think DeAndre, uh, or not DeAndre, Devontae Adams is a step above Diggs. Route running, hands. Now, Diggs, route running is elite. I'm not, a, you know, like that dude is elite, man. I think the Bills have the best route running uh, group of receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. But, dude, you put Julio on this team, man. When Julio is healthy, he is by far. It's not even close. Like, I... I get in a debate with a guy um, that lives out here. He's a, a Falcons fan, and I just like giving him crap. But in reality, Julio is the best receiver in the league, hands down, if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, yeah. I got you. Healthy? Yeah. Dude. I love his run after catchability. I mean, he would be a big body receiver, can can attack the ball in the air. I mean, he, he, he would be – he is exactly what we don't have, a physical dominant receiver. So I would love every ability. Right. Stephon Diggs yeah. is a, more of a route runner, nuanced, finesse receiver. You're right, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But Julio is the exact opposite, man. He, he gives you that dominating physical presence. I mean, I would love it. I think it'd be great. Dude, I mean, Julio think is of, a Look at the great receivers who go off to play for different teams, right? Randy Moss, Jerry Rice. I mean, the greats, they do get moved. They get moved. Yeah. So I don't think it's far-fetched. I mean, if you look at uh, Brandon Bean's track record, that's why he goes out and he looks for guys like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, we, we know what Le'Veon is now, but he, he's always I'm kicking the tires so on happy. guys like that. So I guarantee you, Brandon Means probably had a conversation with the GM. Man, I'm so happy we didn't, um, th- th- that whole, when we were in the running yeah. <laughs> for Le'Veon yeah. Bell. I'm so happy that didn't work out. Because I know. Um, I know now years ago, three, four years ago, if you would have asked me, yo, you want Le'Veon Bell in Buffalo? Yes. The, the year before, so like that year before he took the year off, holding out, if you would have asked me then, you want Le'Veon Bell as a Buffalo Bill? Hell yes. Like I wouldn't say no under any circumstances. But now, even even take take this last season out of it. I don't, and, and I don't believe in the Jets. When Adam Gates was there, I didn't believe in the Jets at all. So I believe he was in a bad situation. But still, there's nothing about Le'Veon Bell that I want at this point. Just, yeah. just period. So talk about running backs, though. Let's talk about running backs. Let's do it. My guest, my guest on this same episode, man, tonight, he's going to be joining me in a couple minutes here, is uh, Buffalo Bills' former first-round draft pick, C.J. Spiller. You see I'm repping him tonight. I got it on. Uh, you know, got my man C.J. Spiller joining me. He is also the running back coach to Clemson running back, my man ETN. It's the guy that everybody is talking about. It's the guy everybody in Buffalo seems to be drooling over right now. It's the guy that Todd McShay has linked the Buffalo Bills to possibly, I don't believe this part, but trading up for. Um, it looks like right now the talk, the smoke screens and all that stuff, the talk is ETN at running back for Bills at 30 if he's there or possibly a move up for him. What do you see as far as, um, first, I want to know your opinion on uh, the possibility of the Buffalo Bills drafting Travis. And then after that, I want you to give me like a good, decent profile on him because you're you're really good at um, draft prospecting and, and and like really creating a profile for players. And I, I think a lot of times um, I'm bad at it. So I need to call my friends who are good at stuff to do it. So so you got the floor. 
Hey, you giving me too much credit, bro. Man. <laughs> Hey, no. Uh, so, so we're talking about the prospect of the Bills looking at ETN as a possible pick at thirty or trade up. So, man, I've been. I mean, Spence, you know, I've been on this train for since during the season, being knocking on the door for Travis ETN to be a Buffalo Bill. Um, the Bills. I mean, he fits the profile, right? Um, I don't know if you want to trade up for him, but at the same time, I mean, this is a regime that ushered in Christian McCaffrey at number eight overall. So, you know, they're not adverse to taking a guy of his caliber, a home run threat. I mean, you're probably giving up a third, a fifth, and a fourth round pick the next year to to go out and get ETN. Not to, not because I'm not cutting you off. Obviously, I just said you got the floor. But so you're comparing ETN to McCaffrey. Like you're saying this is the same caliber of player. I think that his ceiling, if he reaches his fullest potential, he could be Christian McCaffrey level. Absolutely. Dude, Absolutely. Don't tell me that. I'm about to talk to CJ, man. Don't tell me that. I'm going to be asking him, like, yo, <laughs> like, I'm going I'm to need him making some calls to Brandon. Like, yo, call Brandon, and you tell Brandon that he needs to get your guy. <laughs> I mean, but that's him reaching his fullest potential. Like, I, my player comp for him was Alvin Kamara. That's just me, right? Um, okay. Now, does he, does he need to maybe – improve as a pass catcher route running ability. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is elite when it comes to, you know, running routes from the slot, you know, uh, catching the ball out of backfield and so forth, right? He's elite at that. Do I think Travis Etienne can get there at some point if he if he works at it? Absolutely. But you're talking about a guy who, I mean, his contact balance and vision is, is outstanding. I mean, this is not just a, a running back who's five foot 10, you know, 200 pounds and then, you know, can't handle the arm tackle. I mean, this guy, he runs through arm tackles. He, he's not this, he's not just a speed back. Uh, you know, I love his anticipation when he gets to the line of scrimmage. He's an instinctive runner. Uh, and he's a threat to take it to the house on any, on any and every single play. And I think, you know, we, we, I think Tom McShay this week talked about, oh, or was it? No, it wasn't McShay. It was uh, Benjamin Albright, who I respect a ton. He's out here in Denver as well. But talking about how what he's hearing is that McDermott and Bean said that they want, you know, Josh to take less hits. Well, a way for Josh to take less hits is that, that he has a reliable option in the backfield. But only not only that, but to catch passes in the in the flats, you know, as a receiver, so forth. So it makes total sense as to why the Bills would be interested in a guy like Travis Etienne. Not to mention that, uh, you know, they went to his pro day. Um, I'm, they probably had a meeting with him. I'm not. I'm, I'm just. I'm speculating here, but they've probably had a meeting with with him already. I mean, come on. Well, you you know, I'm pretty sure they have. Like they actually. Um, there there has been. Um, you know what? I'll look it up while you're while yeah. you're going in because I do feel like we've seen that the Buffalo Bills have had um some type of interaction with him, and um, I, there's a reason why everybody is saying like the bills are in on this guy. Yeah. I mean, he's had over, I, I believe it's, um, what is it? 7,000, 70 touchdowns in his, in his collegiate career. Okay. Uh, four year starter. I mean, he, he's Travis Etienne is, is that dude, man. And, uh, why wow, please, if he's there at 30, I take him, I take him. And everybody hates it. You know, you, you talk to, there. you know, people talk about value when it comes to value taking a running back at, you know, in the first round. But this isn't, you know, pick five, right? This isn't Saquon Barkley pick. This is pick 30, which essentially, I mean, when you look at it, it's kind of like a, the top of the second round when you look at it that way. So I don't, I don't think, you know, you have to... Um, be like, well, you know, you're not getting the best bang for your buck. I mean, you have to look at context. And I think he's mm-hmm. the missing piece to this, to what could potentially be a Super Bowl run for these Buffalo Bills. So, I, I, whew, I Well, I'll tell you, man. I'm not looking a, at this stuff, like, so while, while you're talking and, and all that, I'm just looking up, you know, like, I'm trying to find the specific things I'm asking you about. But, like, I'm looking at this one, and it says that he he forced 135 missed tackles on runs since 2009, man. I mean, 2019. So in two years, 135, 4,952 rushing yards, 7.2 yards per carry. 
listen to what I'm saying to you, Bills fans. 7.2. Now, I know this is college. It's not the NFL. He played for Clemson. So this isn't like he's playing, um, you know, he's, he's not playing Canisius. You dig what I'm saying to you? Like he's he's playing. Do Canisius even still have a football team? I don't think they had fun still. I know they used like whatever, but he's not playing Buff State. You get what I'm saying? Like these boys are playing talented guys who he's going to see in the NFL. 70 rushing touchdowns. 70. 102 catches. 1,155 receiving yards. To me, that sounds like a receiver. 102 catches, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. Give me that. Yeah. You gonna give me that out the backfield along with? Come on, man. Anyway, go ahead and finish your. Pro, uh, you know, let me ask you this because um, a lot of guys, you know, like me, I, I'm not a draft guy. I'm not into watching a ton of college film. I don't watch college game. Um, but I'll go on and I'll I'll be a victim of of the highlights. <laughs> you know, I watch the highlights and like, oh, I want this kid. And obviously, it's the best 15 plays of the season for somebody. But when you look at Travis ECN, one of the things that that strikes me is his quickness and speed. And I know there's a difference between the two terms or two words. A lot of times fans don't know the difference. He has both. Can you kind of explain a little bit what I mean when I say um, speed and quickness and he has both? Yeah, so I think it kind of boils down to his running fundamentals. I mean, he has sprinter speed. You know, there's there's guys who are fast, and there's guys who have that second level. Travis Etienne is fast, but he also has a second level. Um, I mean, you saw his pro day. I mean, he he smoked it. I mean, his first step, he's gone. I mean, he gets a zero to sixty real quick. So so there's your difference there. But when you, if you want to like gauge speed and quickness, go look at like Devin Singletary when he makes a cut, right? And it kind of takes him a minute to get going again. When Travis Etienne makes a cut. It's like he's not missing a beat. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. just it's real smooth, but he's his acceleration is through the roof. And then you see him in the open field and, and you know, defenders trying to get angles on him, you just can't do it because he's so fast. He's so fast. He's a long strider. So you know he has, you know, he's got that sprinter's background. She's, he has to have a track background somewhere. I mean, he's just the guy's he's got legendary speed for a running back, man. Yeah, he's too fast to not have that type of background. Like it's it's insane. I um so like obviously um Najee Harris is a big talk as well. Like another running back um prospect that people are looking at. When I watch him, I obviously I see that he has a lot of the the same qualities that will make him a fantastic running back to have. The thing that I that makes me want ETN over him if we're going for a running back prospect out of the two. Hear what I said, Bills fans. If we are going for a running back prospect out of the two, the things that would make me want ETN. I'm not saying that I want to trade up for ETN. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Bills should do this. What I'm saying is out of those two, ETN has the gear. He has the speed and quickness that I think will um, not only help Josh Allen, but fit in what this offense wants. The tempo that this offense wants to play in, the way Brian Dayball wants the ball to just keep going. I think you have somebody like Stefan Diggs, then you have somebody like, Travis Etienne and Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis. And like you have these dynamic playmaking guys. That's going to be fun to watch every Sunday, yeah. every Sunday. Um, well, let me ask you this before I let you go, man. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me, add, let me add something to that though. Go for it. Etienne. Go for it. So, you know, I think they will, I think they're going to go back to like a zone running scheme this year. Well, and that was actually, so it's funny you bring it up. Cause that's what I was going to ask you before I let you go. I'm saying like, so we're talking about um, bringing Etienne in you know bringing etn in we're yeah. talking about that and but the thing is if day ball switches and and, and we kind of go back to like a run like a, a zone scheme devin singletary is actually better suited for that type of system so then it's like we only have so many mouths to feed right so in that if going back to a zone i think one of the things that makes etn so attractive to this offense is his ability to see a hole and get to the second level real quick goes back to that first step. I mean, he he doesn't waste time in the backfield. You know, there's not a lot of pitter patter and like he sees a hole and he's gone. You know, somebody that fast, you don't have to have necessarily elite line play because he's going to be able to make plays on his own, right? 
somebody like Devin Singletary, who's maybe more a little bit patient when he when he gets to get to the line of scrimmage and, and kind of goes through the mud. But uh, and he's elusive. You know, I, I would say that Devin Singletary is more elusive in a phone booth. He, he he's more agile than than Travis Etienne is. So I think they both have a role to play in this offense, right? And then you have Zach Moss as a third as a complement who could be your your banger or or whatever. Um, but Etienne fits well in this offense, especially if you're going back to his own. Uh, blocking scheme. I mean, he he could he could really have a really good year as a rookie if he ends up being a Buffalo Bill. Well, let me ask you this: if you if you saying um, they both could fit, and I feel I feel if if that's the case, I, I see Motor as more of a trade bait. Yeah, I I mean that, but that's up to Bean, right? I think yeah, but you, I just don't see it, you know, because you figured like we just brought in Matt Breida, right? Now again, also Matt Breida has the the speed that we're going to be bringing in if we do bring in somebody like Etienne. So really, Breida could be on the way out because he's not right. a guy that that Brandon Bean drafted. Right. So you're right. It could be Breida before it's uh, Singletary. I just I, I just feel like the tempo that the team likes to play with, somebody like Breida is going to be a little bit more valuable um, to them than somebody like – and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong, but I just I just see it that way. Yeah, I mean, why not? Let's say ETN gets, let's say the Bills draft ETN, ETN gets hurt. Yeah, it'd be great to have Matt Breida. So you're not losing too much out of the backfield. You don't have to uh, maybe change your game plan as much, right? Um, but yeah, I think if I'm the GM, I take Travis ETN. That that does make Devin Singletary uh, a tr- trade bait um, just because he's, you know, he has one extra year. And I think he has more trade value than a Zach Moss who really didn't get to showcase his abilities maybe like he wanted to uh, due to injury and, and lack of, uh, you know, due to COVID and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I think Singletary's value is probably a fifth round pick. You could probably get something like that out of a Devin Singletary. Mm. So if they do see, that's, up, that's the part that sucks, man. That sucks know, because he, sucks. he, we, we, we saw him as higher than a fifth round. You know what I mean? Like we saw him yeah. being more than that. Yeah. That's what I, if I had to put a value on him right now, that's what I'd say. He's probably worth a fifth round pick. He's a good bet. He's a good, but he's not great. I don't think he'll ever be great. And that's not a knock on him, a slight on him. That's just now. L- did you hear about what they said earlier? Uh, so Tyler Dunn wrote a piece on uh, Devin Singletary. So if you I guys, saw, I did. Yeah, I saw. So if you guys haven't read it, it's really good, and it kind of changes any anything Tyler Dunn writes up is always incredible. But they do second to none. Any though. So here's a little excerpt. Okay. So. Uh, they're saying Singletary two and a half months later is now a different running back. And this is what this is. This is an excerpt from the article. He says he has completely dominated the offseason. Hicks Hicks says that's his uh, running back coach. Uh, he said he's so much faster, so much more explosive. He's got all the shakes, all the agilities. He's got all of the jukes, but he didn't have the burst. He was lacking that. Well, not anymore. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. Because h- how are you going to improve? that much at one off season like you're just exponentially faster i mean you either have it or you don't i mean i do appreciate that he's you know he's working his tail off but i read that and i go hmm really are we just saying that because you know is this is this i caution people yeah um now and i'm a, I'm a motor fan i love motor so you know um, but i just caution people i feel like sometimes it, it may be for Devin. it might be a, a victim of the moment type thing too where he's hearing all this stuff about travis like wait a minute i got this dog i can do this and it's like well, wait a minute don't write checks that you can't cash because you don't have the... now he's good he's very good he just doesn't have the uh, the same abilities as travis so there's certain plays that he just can't make man he just can't yeah I've seen him have I've seen him completely break guys like just snatch ankles snatch ankles like I've seen souls leaves leave men's bodies because of Devin Singletary but the very second after he makes that move he gets caught because he's slow and yeah. and not and not, not slow to me I'll never catch Devin right. but slow for um the NFL level dude these linebackers these these defensive ends now are catching Devin Singletary man like this isn't like this isn't like back in the day where you got you got these guys where the running backs are the smaller guys and these defensive ends are 100 pounds heavier or 80 pounds heavier and they can barely catch them you got guys running four fours as defensive ends and if your running back is running a four four eight or four four six and Devin's not even that fast 
you get my point? So you got guys that are defensive ends. The New England Patriots just brought Matt Judon here to, to this division. You you put him on like you you let Devin get out on the edge and think you're gonna outrun Matt. Okay. All right. They just got Cal back up there too, right? Van Noy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they make it New England is not playing. Miami is not playing on defense. They and I guarantee they're gonna have another good draft. So so when we're talking about I love Devin Singletary, but I need to I need to get off the dude. Me and Joe went to the playoff game uh against the Colts, uh January 9th or 7th, one of the two. I can't remember the date. We ran the ball three times. The first two plays, we ran the ball, got like four yards, then we got like five yards. It was third and one. It was the second quarter. It was third and one. And they ran the ball again, and we didn't get the first down. In the playoffs, in Buffalo. And that's always been the thing. Oh, no, you want to come to Buffalo and win. We want a home playoff game in Buffalo because we can't even get a third and one, bro. And that day, it was so nice that day. It was a beautiful day. It was gorgeous. Like, I remember telling, you know, me living in Arizona now. I, I'm there, and I'm like, Joe, it's actually nice. I don't even need my hand warmers. And he laughed at me because I was talking all this crap because I'm like, I'm going to be so cold. Dude, I didn't even need it. And we couldn't get a third and one. Yeah, that's not good. I think the, I think the old line has something to do with that. I think there's there's a lot. I think there's a – I can't put all the blame on Devin. You know, but I think some some of the blame goes to the running backs. I think some of the blame goes to the offensive line as well. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely, some goes absolutely. To I think the scheme. I think you know the scheme really wasn't conducive to running the ball well. I mean, when you got I think it starts all those there. guys back there, right? Just yeah, I think it starts there. Yeah, I think it, it absolutely should. starts with Dayball. Um, so because the thing is, Devin is Devin. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the right. guy that he is. You drafted him. You see what he is in training camp. You saw him. we didn't get to see him, but you saw him in training camp. You saw him without the preseason. You got to see him when he made the roster. You see him in practice every single week. You see him in the games, just like us, but you see him so much more. The information that the coaches and the team has, you see him. Right. You know the kind of player you have. Right. Why would you change your system, like your running style, to get away from the strength of your guy? That's like them coming in and saying, okay, instead of us bringing in a Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley for Josh Allen, let's bring back Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin. Let's bring back Kelvin Benjamin for Josh Allen. Completely against what his strengths are. Right. A slow, I'm not going to go in on Kelvin Benjamin today. I'm going to show love to everybody. God bless you, Kelvin Benjamin. Thank you for your time in Buffalo as a <laughs> Buffalo Bill, your very brief time. I appreciate you, sir. Sturles. My man, I, I'm sorry. I just went on this whole tangent. I got my man CJ Spiller waiting to come in. So we're going to get this thing moving. Uh, do me a favor. I know you did it last night. Let everybody know where they can find you when your content is out and, and you know, just what we can look forward to coming up from you this week or next week. I know the draft is this is your this is your Christmas. So so let us know what you got going on. Yeah, man. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Furrow Sterling. Uh, I'm going to cover one. Y'all already know that. Hey, uh, hey cover one. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that's what we're doing, man. We've been we've been on these prospects for, for about a year, man. Just just grinding tape and you know, I've been learning so much. Uh our our live show drops uh, on Tuesday night. We're we're doing a live mock draft and then we're gonna have I think I'm gonna hop on uh for Friday morning, kinda wrap up uh, you know, Thursday night. But I'll be with uh, the built in Buffalo guys on Thursday night, uh just kinda doing some draft coverage, but I'll be all over the place, man. So um I'll, I'll hop anywhere because because i'm down like this is christmas like hard yeah. so yeah i'm game but i appreciate you though man tell cj i said what's up uh you know he's one of my favorite bills so let him know i give him some love bro dude for sure for me and uh and i'll say this and then i really let you go like so for me uh cj so i fell in love with the bills when like flutie modes because like i was a kid when the super bowls was happening you know like I, I was born in 86 we was going and we was there 90. you know what i mean so like i wasn't i hate when i hear people my age be like but the bill man you wasn't even you was five bro come on but so i fell in love with like the flutie flakes area or era i should say cj spiller was the first running back that we drafted and i know people are going to say what about marshawn marshawn um at the time ended up putting a bad taste in buffalo's mouth uh, when he left, it was a bad situation, like, you know, the hit and run thing and um, just just a lot. Just It was just a lot that didn't work in Buffalo with Marshawn. Looking back, hindsight, yeah, we all love Marshawn and we wish he would stay. But 
it just wasn't then. So CJ was the first guy that we drafted at running back that high when I was a football fan. So for me, CJ is my GOAT, man. And, and injuries, you know, it just didn't work out. Chan Gailey left. It didn't work out. But, dude, CJ is my GOAT. So I'm I'm excited for this. This is probably – um. I would say other than than maybe last night, last night was fun. Last night was huge. And then, you know, I'm hoping to to still get Stevie on. Stevie's my all-time favorite bill. So so whenever I get Stevie on, I think that would be the only thing that'd be bigger than this one. Yeah, man. Hey, yeah. Go kill it. I'm yeah, like, I'm my man. To see it, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, my man Sterles. I ain't gonna do Sterles for the girls. I'm gonna retire Sterles for the girls. But my man Sterles from Cover One, man, I appreciate you. Love you, bro. I'm gonna chat with you after this. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the interview that I've been waiting for. I don't care what y'all been waiting on. This is what I've been waiting on. I have Buffalo Bills former first round draft pick. I have Clemson running back coach. The, the current running back coach and legend at Clemson right now, my man CJ Spiller. How's it going today, coach? Oh, it's going good. Going good. It's a beautiful day up here in the upstate, uh, South Carolina. Uh, the sun okay. shining bright. We're getting a little bit of wind, uh, but it's a great day. Uh, just plugging away in the recruiting uh, phase right now, just trying to go find more great players uh, to come try to help our program continue to, uh, to continue that success that uh, we've had over the years. Yeah, man, and that's that's that has to be um interesting for you coming up through you know obviously being such a great player and then you know going to the NFL and then now you're going back you know to Clemson to coach. So I'm, I'm we're gonna touch on that in a little bit. I have a question on it, but you mentioned the draft. You mentioned now for you looking for new prospects now that you have guys kind of phasing out. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a fun time for football fans, man, and and the draft is like is. It's here. It's yeah, here. Yeah. Everybody's here. So before we jump into it, I just kind of want to get like your memory, your favorite memory of when you were getting drafted, like either like something funny that happened during the day or um, once the draft happened, just something in general that, that sticks out to you that, that you always tell. Honestly, it was really the draft day itself was really chill. Um, I was at, I mean, I happened to be very uh, fortunate enough to be invited up to New York. It was my first okay. time ever been in New York uh, City. Uh, so I had my family up there. Uh, my daughter, she was young at the time, so she was up there. So we really pretty much just hung out. You know, the, the NFL kind of kept us busy doing the different charities and stuff throughout the day. Uh, but then as it was getting closer and closer to the to the draft uh, show, you know, we kind of just got some downtime. So I kind of just chilled out and kind of just spent some alone time, really just reflecting and realizing that a, a dream of mine is really about to come true, something that you dream about as a, a little kid is actually right here at the doorsteps and it's about to happen. So you're just trying to filter all those emotions and then just thinking about all the people that will help you along the way to get you to get you to where you are. Uh, so it was a big reflection time for me. And then the biggest thing I remember, honestly, is riding over in the uh, SUV with Barry Sanders. You know, one of my childhood idols, you know, uh, tried to simul uh, simulate my game a lot, a lot after him uh, just because of the moves that he made. So... That was fun for me to be able to just to sit there and have a conversation with a Hall of Famer, a guy that you grew up watching, and just talk football and just talk yeah. about life itself. So that would be some of the things. And then, you know, having my daughter in the green room with me, uh, just sitting there, just talking with her, uh, smiling. You know, she has no clue what is going on because <laughs> how young she is. Uh, but it, so it was overall, it was, a, it was a great experience, one of those ones I'll never forget. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. You you mentioned Barry there. Barry seems like, well, obviously to the to the public, he's a quiet figure. Like he's he's such a, a mystery because he doesn't speak often. He's not, you know, what is he like, man? Like, you know, and, and he's so just, awesome. Yeah, that that honestly, that's just how he was. Like literally how you hear him speak on TV is how he, he was speaking in that in that SUV on our way to the to Radio City uh, Music Hall. Um he was very, you know, very soft spoken. Uh, but very real, you know, and I was asking, mm -hmm. you know, some questions, you know, how, what did he do to take care of his body? You know, what were some things that, you know, he would recommend for me to do? And, uh, you know, me, to me, I was really just, I mean, I don't really get starstruck often, but I was right. just really just starstruck. Like, I'm actually sitting next to Barry Sanders. Like, I mean, Barry. you see, you know, as a running back, you know, people always talk about, you know, the, the, the Lord Trump, the big, the big thighs. And like, you really, on TV, it really don't do justice how big of mm -hmm. a lower body he has. But then when you right. sit next to him, you're like, oh, man, this guy, he's well put together. Like, you see why he was a Heisman Trophy winner. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay. I see why he he had that crazy year at Oklahoma State. 
uh, because just just the way his body was. But then, I mean, he was asking about my family, you know, how I was going to handle certain situations. So he was just very soft-spoken and very open and very honest. And as a young as a young player coming in, that's really all you want. You just want to have some type of knowledge because you're going into an unknown world. Uh, you hear all the stories, but you really don't know. So to get it from a Hall of Famer, a guy that done it uh, at a high level for and being consistent throughout his whole career, it, it carries a lot of weight. Uh, so, so I was able to take away a lot of pointers from what he was telling me. Man, that, that, I mean, and you're right. That's what young players do look for. Because um, I do know, like, every year when somebody comes in, for instance, we have now uh, Devin Singletary and Zach mm-hmm. Moss. I know Thurman Thomas, he makes sure that he goes and he gives those guys some good, you know, he'll, he'll give them some good direction, which I'm sure he did when you were drafted as well. Yeah. And and it's it's just an amazing thing that you got guys who are legendary, like, Barry, man, that would take the time out and 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 kind of give you some guidance there. So, but listen, let's let's move forward a little bit. That that's fun for me because Barry is my he's my all time favorite. Then it's mm-hmm. Thurman, and then it's like a bunch of bills. So like you you know you're you're you know you're in there. I can't like figure it out. But but let's let's um so let's talk about draft night for you. You know um so so when it happened, you know most teams going into the draft every year, it's like oh best player available. We want to take the best player available. That's the way you build a team successfully. Right. We hear it. The GM talk. The Buffalo Bills actually did it in 2010. Like they actually did it because they already had Marshawn. So when they came and they took you, um, obviously getting drafted probably was like, all right. Yeah, the dream is the dream is realized. Mm -hmm. But after that, once you fit, you know, you looked at the team and it's like, wait, this Buffalo Marshawn's there. Was that was that an issue for you or did you were you just excited to come to the league and do your thing? Honestly, I was just excited. I hadn't I didn't really even look at the roster at all, honestly. Um, obviously, I knew about Marshawn. I mean, but I didn't know. It didn't register to my to my mind like, oh, Marshawn Lynch is there. Uh, Fred Jackson is mm-hmm. already there. Honestly, I was just so excited to to be drafted uh, because I just knew the year that I had previous. You know, coming back, having that that turf toe, trying to fight through that my whole senior season, trying to navigate through those waters, and then now to 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 ha- actually have a chance to be a first round pick. Uh, it was it was just really a dream come true. And then, you know, I had my man Chris Jenkins. You know, he was there. So we was doing all the media stuff uh, after the selection happened. And then, you know, they was asking me, you know, what number. So I'm, you know, trying to do an interview and then they asked me what number I want. You know, so I'm like, well, I want 28. Well, you know, Leotis McClellan already had 28. So I had to settle for 21. Yeah, I see well, you, you got it now. You, you got it good. now. <laughs> so I had to settle for 21 that rookie year and then we was able to make that switch. But honestly, I was just happy. Um, I just remember sitting in the green room and it was kind of weird because I want to say Oakland had to pick right before Buffalo and they was picking, but Buffalo was calling at the same time. So I'm like, okay, is I'm an Oakland Raider or is I'm a Buffalo Bill? But when I looked at my phone and seen the 716, which I already knew what the area code was just from the you know pre-draft you know meetings and stuff, I said, oh, this is going to be, a, I'm heading to Buffalo. Uh, and then obviously, you know, played the coach, played against Coach Gailey my my uh, freshman year here at Clemson, my freshman sophomore year here at Clemson. So I kind of knew knew Coach Gailey uh, from that standpoint, um, and knew Coach uh, Curtis Mockins, the running back coach uh, that eventually coached me in Buffalo. Uh, so I was kind of familiar with his staff, uh, but I was just super man, I was just super excited just about getting up there, uh, and then just having a chance to meet a Hall of Famer like uh, Mr. Wilson, uh, the owner, uh, the, the shake to to be able to shake his hands and. For him to say the kind words that he said at our official uh, press conference, uh, it, it meant a lot to me. And I, and I still have that picture uh, up in my office um, with me and him holding uh, that jersey up at our press conference. Man, that's awesome, man. You, you are um, one. So I'm, I'm 35. I'm, I, most people, when they watch the show, don't know my age. But <laughs> I, I began to kind of love football. Um mm-hmm around like the Doug Flutie, like, you know, I, I was, grew up in Buffalo, so I knew the Super Bowl teams and all that, but I fell in love with football, Doug Flutie, Eric Modes, that time. Mm-hmm. So you came in like right after that, like, you know, like you were that next generation of, of Bills players. Mm-hmm. And dude, when I tell you, for me, um, you know, you're you're the the Thurman. I know like the, the numbers aren't like, I know you didn't play the career that Thurman did, whatever, you know, but you're the Thurman for me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So first, I want to say that. You look like you could come out of retirement, man. What's going on? You, you, you. What? <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm still staying in shape, you know, because now, like you say, like you mentioned earlier, you know, you know, being the running backs coach at Clemson, something in my gut telling me that one of these youngsters is gonna try me over the summer when we start fall camp. <laughs> so something telling me, hey, you better be ready because one of these youngsters is gonna say, hey, line it up, coach. And I got to be ready because you know, 
you know how it is. You know what, especially what you know where I'm from, from Lake Butler. When somebody challenge you to oh, you any type of race, oh, you can't turn that down. You got oh, we got to get it. We got to so get it. I can be 45 and the youngsters come get me. We got to, we got to line it up and see what's going on. So <laughs> what, I'm trying to stay in shape myself to make sure that I'm ready, just in case that opportunity presents itself and one I want to feel a little froggy to see if old coach still got that speed a little bit. <laughs> like go ahead and leap, bro. Go ahead and leap. Uh, what do you what do you think your 40 is right now? Have you have you uh, timed yourself recently? No, I have not timed myself recently. Uh, I'm not so I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to run up 42 because I know <laughs> it takes certain training to to run that right, that right. type of level. Uh but I mean, I'm 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 closing in, you know, I'm coming in for at least for high 43, 44, low 44. <laughs> Man, no, that's just, that's just jumping out the bed and just going to go get it. Um, so you and Travis have fun. I have to do some training. So you and Travis have fun this year in practice and stuff. Like I, I can only like, imagine. Nah, 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 nah. Killer Trial. He never, you know, he never took that. He never crossed that bridge. Okay, he has. I mean, respect. I'm pretty sure he probably registered in his mind a couple of times that he wanted to cross that bridge, but he yeah. never, he never officially crossed that bridge. I got you. Well, well. So speaking of him, man, he's he's in a lot of people's minds. He's RB one. You know, yep. he's RB one in his draft. Um, a lot of people in Buffalo, man, they're they're drooling. I'm gonna just tell you. I, I'm sure you know. Uh, you know, I'm, I know you're not in Buffalo, but I'm sure you still have some connections. They're drooling over this guy in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, there's and obviously around the league, they're drooling over him. So wherever mm-hmm. he gets drafted, whatever position, um, I find it hard pressed to believe that he's not the best player available once you get past like, you know, obviously the quarterbacks are gone. Yeah, I think Pitts. In my opinion, Pitts is the best in the in the draft this year. And then there's maybe a couple guys, but he's up there. So mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna fall to 30. But when he gets drafted, what is he gonna bring to an NFL team? And, and what is he uh, you know, what is he gonna do that that can absolutely either change an offense or help get them over the hump? Oh, uh, well, first off, I mean, he's such a young, uh, humble kid, you know, just very polite, very respectful, um, really don't understand. I don't even think he really grasps kind of what he done in college football over his career, but that just goes to show you, you know, how humble he is. And he really don't get caught up into the numbers. You know, he's all about, you know, how can I help my team win? How can I make my teammates better? Uh, So that's going to be one thing that he's going to bring to an organization is just how humble he is. He's not going to get caught up into the line. Like that's not Travis, you know, he's very low key. Uh, You know, he's not one of the high maintenance guys Uh, takes great care of his body. Uh, he's about his business, but when it, you know when he step on that field, he's trying to compete at the highest level. He want to show you why he's the best. So when he goes to an offense, you know he's gonna be able to run inside. He has enough speed to run outside. Then you can put him in the passing game, so because he can catch the ball at the backfield. And we've seen that this past year, how uh, our offensive coordinator, uh, Coach Elliott, used him in the passing game. So he's gonna be able to give you those mismatches that you're looking for uh, with the with the linebackers and even some safeties. Uh, so it's going to be very unique to see uh, where he lands and who's the offensive coordinator because of his skill set. Uh, but he's a three-down back because he's strong enough to sit in there and pick up the blitzes. Obviously, it's going to be a learning curve just like it is for all rookies, all rookie running backs, just learning the different blitzes uh, and stuff like that. But I think he's going to be perfectly fine. I think he's going to have a, a long, successful career. Uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm praying for. Uh, and then, you know, the best advice I can give, the best advice that I was told, when it came to me in 2010, you know, because I asked, you know, after the fact, I found out, you know, who was on the roster. I went to, you know, I called him Coach Nix, who was Buddy Nix, who was the GM mm-hmm. at Buffalo at the time. And I asked him, you know, what made you choose me, considering what you had already in this in the room? And his words was, you was the best available prospect. And I'm always going to draft the best available prospect if they happen to be there when we pick. So I always tell hey, Buffalo, if he's sitting there, <laughs> and you have an opportunity, you better yeah. pull the trigger. I mean, because he's one of those type of guys. He can change the dynamic of an offense. That's just how special he is. I mean, who knows? He might fall to 30. He might not. But I think, you know, you always go and draft the best available prospect that's sitting right there if you, if it's your turn to to draft someone. So I'm looking forward. I, I always get – I'm like you. I get excited around this time of year because I'm always looking forward to the draft. You know, obviously, I, I played in Buffalo, so I, I have – you know, that deep, that deep tie, that Buffalo, that Bills Mafia still run deep in my blood. So I'm always looking to see who they draft. You know, they right there on the edge of, you know, taking that next step. Obviously, last year got to the AOC championship game. So they right there on the doorstep of taking that next step. So I'm, I'm at, 
actually anxious to see, you know, what direction they go in. You know, I haven't followed the team a ton, so I really don't know a ton of needs. But I do know this. If number nine from Clemson is available, <laughs> I'd be a happy camper. Hey, well, I'm going to tell you. So, um first we finally which i'm sure you know uh, we got our guy man like we got josh so yep. so finally having that we have devin and and uh zach yep both good really good talents actually uh devin sink uh devin's rookie year he has he showed us some flashes um we still have frank in the mix there frank gore but mm -hmm. devin showed us some flashes and it showed us like hey we can put this guy in position to be the guy then mm -hmm. we drafted zach moss to kind of switch up you know the fast and the and the power mm -hmm. The thing is, we don't have that explosive, that out the backfield that and, and it's not a slight against those guys. It's just yeah. who they are. And, and they're very good at what they do. Man, what I would love to, to have in a number nine to, to line up with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and, and Knox and Beasley. Man, I'm telling you, it'd be it'd be fun, man. Yeah. And, fun. and you said the best. And it's not to not none of those guys, because I think both of those young running backs are really good in Buffalo. Uh, but to me, I don't think you can have enough good running backs in the room because, as I personally know, you know, that's one position where, you know, you just take a, such a pounding that you need yeah. fresh bodies throughout an uh, NFL season. Uh, well, like said, both I'm of sorry to laugh really, at really you. good at what they do. Uh, and then, well, you know, yeah, again, you know, Travis, he can kick return, you know, so you can put him on special team. He just brings yeah. so much to the table. You know, his <laughs> toolbox is just so wide open in so many ways that he can – you know, he's like that sweat knife. He can just cut you from all types of ways. And it's just one of those unique skill sets to have. I'm sorry for laughing at you, Coach, but I, like I just know you're gonna say like you can never have enough running backs, man. You get us all in there, we go like you can have a whole team of us, and we are gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we gonna be, yeah. You just get a bunch of you know running backs, and hey, we just let us know what we're doing. We gonna be go get, get your Super Bowl. Let me ask you this, man. Um, if so, as a coach now, um, so and I know you're in college, so you're not you're not preparing for the draft as as far as looking for a prospect in that regards. But you do it for college, right? In your mind, what is if so? Travis is Travis is on his way out, and I know you have talented guys still on the roster, so I'm not right. uh, discounting those guys. But Travis is on his way out. What do you look for in a perfect prospect? There is no perfect prospect, but for right. you as a running back and a coach, mm -hmm. what are you looking for in a running back? Oh, well, I mean, the first thing you look for, you know, is the the hip alignment. You know, can they sink their hips on their cuts? You know, how explosive are they in and out of cuts? Does it take them to, you know, do they have to take choppy steps to make a guy miss? Or can they put, you know, one foot down and make a guy miss? Um, can they catch, you know, what we do offense? Can they catch? They got to be able to catch. To me, I think all running backs should be able to catch. You know, that should be priority, uh, be able to catch the ball out the backfield. And then just vision. Some stuff you just can't teach as a coach. Some stuff just going to come natural. Like, it was a lot of stuff, you know, that a lot of coaches just couldn't teach me. It was just natural for me. But it was a lot of stuff that they could teach me, you know, far from scheme stud, a, a scheme standpoint. Um, and then just, you know, their knowledge of football. You know, how smart are they? Do they can, they can they retain information, you know, or is it going to be a slower process? Because each and every guy does learn differently. So you have to be able to navigate all those waters just trying to figure out, you know, okay, what, what does this guy do best? What does this guy do best? And, you know, because this is one position where every running back is different. And I know we always try to get into the comparison. Hey, this guy reminds me of this guy, of this yeah. guy. But I always tell people, man, running backs are unique because everybody have, have a different skill set. And that's the that's the thing. That's what makes us so unique because we are different. You know, yeah, you, you might have some, you know, some measurables to a guy. But, hey, you know, like when people try to compare me to Chris Johnson, you know, there's no comparison. Yeah, there's some measurables, you know, from a speed standpoint, but we was totally different than how we did things. You know, he was strictly yeah. just running the ball at Tennessee, where me, I can do running back, I can catch the ball, I can go on special team. So it was just different yeah. things. Uh, so those are some different things that I kind of look at, you know, change of directions. Um, so just different little ins and outs. I, uh, I posted a video of you the other day um, returning a punt, or I think it was a kick. It was either a kickoff or oh, a the punt. the kickoff return um, against New England. Yeah. And and it, to your point, man, like you can when you were in the league, you they could literally if they wanted to put you in that slot as a receiver, they could motion you out and do that. You could run out the backfield. You could catch out the backfield. You could return. I think I think um, and that's what the Buffalo Bills are looking for, like players that can fit plug and play players. And and um, man, the guy that you've been coaching up, man, he, he he's impressive to do it. No, Let he, me uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go for it. Go ahead. No, and like you said, I mean, he he just he just he just brings a, a very unique skill set. You know, he's he's one of them guys that you can just plug him in, 
uh, let him learn the offense, and he's going to make that thing blossom. Um, I think he's the only running back in this draft that can do it all. You know, some guys just going to be able to run the ball, but this, you know, Travis, he's going to be able to literally line up in the slot, uh, run run an out route, run the takeoff, <laughs> run a hitch. I mean, because he done done it before. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he's the he's the number one running back in the draft. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens uh, next weekend. I, I, like I said, I, I know a lot of people around the the league agree with you that that he's RB one. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple guys mixed in there with competition as far as who's going to be the first guy taken. But um, for me in Buffalo. I would love to see somebody with, with the type of speed that he has drafted. Um, mm-hmm. So the certain measurables that he has, I think would fit with the, the, the tempo that this offense wants to play with. Um, Brian Dayball is like, he's a wizard out there, man. And the stuff that he does, it, it would be fun to watch Travis in that. Um, but let me ask you this. Cause uh, so when we first sat down and started talking, uh, you mentioned, or I, we both mentioned kind of how it's been a transition for you going from Clemson to the NFL. Now you're back at Clemson as a coach. Mm-hmm. So other than like the obvious, you know, answer of responsibility, uh, what is, what's, what's different this time around? And, you know, like, how is it, how is it different working with uh, coach Sweeney as opposed to being a player for coach Sweeney? Uh, well, I mean, obviously it's totally different. I mean, obviously he's my boss now. Um, we have, we definitely have a very unique uh, relationship probably different than uh, most guys that's on staff around country, uh, around the country. Uh, just because, you know, he recruited me. I've known coach since uh, 2005. Uh, so it's, it's a very unique relationship, but I respect him, you know, because he is my boss. And, you know, I do have – he has given me a responsibility to, to be able to, to do my job to my best ability. Uh, and, and that's the thing that you always want is uh, the respect. So I have, I have tremendous respect for him. Uh, he still has that – I mean, he's still the same person – uh, that I met in, in 05, you know, just very down to earth, um, very, you know, very open, very honest, very transparent with you, um, let you know, you know, he don't tell you, you know, what you want to hear. He's going to tell you what you need to hear. Um, uh, and, and you have to be able to 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 accept that. And then, you know, it's, everything's coming out of a good heart. Um, so, I mean, to be able to have a chance to come back and even coach at my alma mater, uh, it truly is, you know, I'm truly am grateful because he he could have went out and hired anybody that he wanted to because he has that right to do that. You know, yeah. so he could have went and got anyone that he wanted. Uh, so for him to give me that responsibility is something that I don't take lightly. Uh, it's something that I take to heart and I want to make sure that I do it to my best ability. Uh, not to say that I'm going to be perfect. I'm going yeah, to have uh, ups and downs throughout the whole process, uh, just like any other coach. Uh, but I'm going to do my best uh, to try to make a, to make this program keep rolling. Yeah, he, from from what I see on TV, kind of like what I talked about with Barry. Um, now, Coach Sweeney is not the same personality as Barry at by any <laughs> means, but but I I was bringing it up to say I love his personality. Like he mm-hmm. just seems like one of the realest dudes. He seems like one of the dudes. Like if I was a player, I would just love to go and talk to Coach if he's around. Like if Coach is there, I just want to go and talk to Coach. And I I just love that energy. And uh, if coach if coach chooses to take twenty minutes out of his day to watch this when it airs, um, just I'm telling him I love you, coach. You're, you're awesome. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, he man, he's great. I mean, and that's what you want. I mean, we feed off that. You know, he brings so much energy to our program. You know, he's the leader of our program. Uh, but he also he lets his assistant coaches do their job. You know, that's yeah. what you know. That's what he hired us to do is to go out and you know do our job and do it to our best ability. Um, just like you say, if you have, you know, especially for me, being a first year guy, you know, so I'm always trying to go and, you know, ask questions, you know, like, hey, how did you do this when you started? You know, what were some of the things that, you know, you, you probably would avoid from doing? You know, so I'm always asking questions and he's always responsive. So it's not one of those things where, you know, you go in there and you're like, hey, no, I can't do that. You no, know, it's always, hey, hey, give me some time uh, and I get with you. So, you know, to have that open door policy, I mean, it, it means the world to me because being a first year coach uh, because you have someone that have been in it uh, for a long time, like coach Sweeney. Are you aiming to, to be a head coach eventually? Is that the goal? Uh, I, honestly, I really haven't really thought about that much that far down the road. You know, it's one of those things where you just really just take it day by day. Um, and then obviously as the years come and go, you just go from there. Uh, but you know, if that opportunity presents itself when that water crosses that bridge, Hey, is it something that I may entertain? It may be. Uh, but right now I'm just trying to be the, the best uh, uh, college uh, uh, football running backs coach in America and then and try to have my guys ready to go and compete at the highest level each and every week when the season starts. 
Well, if we're basing it on results, I think you're uh, at least top three in the country. I'm just saying, if we're basing it on results from last year, you did a good job. Uh, so in years past, man, <clears throat> Buffalo, you know, I just mentioned Josh. I alluded mm-hmm. to the fact that we finally got our guy. Years past, Buffalo would be drooling over the other guy that everybody is hyping up on your roster yes. right now. <laughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, he he's impressive. He 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 looks he looks to be about as sure of a thing as can be coming out of draft at the quarterback position yeah. um, from you being able to work up close with them and, and um, you know, work with them obviously too, as a running backs coach, I'm sure you've been hands-on in certain areas. Um, what do you see that can give Jacksonville's fans reassurance that now their franchise is headed in the right direction with this guy? Oh man. The thing with T-Law is, I mean, pretty much similar to Travis. He just, just so humble. I mean, he, he's a leader amongst men and he's going to bring so much excitement to that city uh franchise that's looking to you know trying to uh, gravitize their fan base uh he's going to be very um helpful in the community um he's gonna you know do all the things that he can to to uplift that community um both him and his wife uh so i'm excited for him uh to to be going back to my home state uh hopefully you know keeping our fingers crossed nothing crazy happens so for him to be going hopefully to my home state, man, I'm, I'm just super excited. And I know that he's going to bring just a different type of energy to that organization because, uh, as you know, you know, you got, you got Coach Urban Meyer there. You know, he's he known for winning. Now you have an opportunity to bring in T-Law, who's known for winning. Uh, and winning is contagious. You know, that's all these kids know. Now, is he going to have his up and down? Yes, he's a rookie quarterback. But he's going to have a great support uh, uh, system around him to make sure that he stays uh, where he needs to stay. So I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be a great uh, addition uh, to that city. I mean, I think I read the other day he already pledged to to give back to that city uh, because mm-hmm. of what they done for him for his wedding. So that just goes to show you what type of person that he is. You know, he, he's not, he understands that football will become his job, but football is not his life. And when you have that perspective, that sets you above everything else. Uh, so I'm excited about him. Um, I'm excited about the direction. And I, I think he's going to have a very, very bright future down in old Duval County. All right. Well, we're looking forward to it. So um, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, Coach, I appreciate you taking it. Really, I appreciate you taking the time to kick it with me, man. Like this has been a treat for me. Even if nobody watches this thing for me, this is awesome. Um, real quick, before I let you go, I got two quick ones for you. Yep. Um, is there anything going on or are you still involved with, uh, I believe it was Camp, is it Camp Kasim? Captain Keeson? Keeson. Okay, I said it wrong. Are you still involved? Is there anything going on that in Buffalo that we might be able to do to help support? No, I, I really don't have anything going on in Buffalo. Uh, uh, that, that, that was an organization where, you know, if I scored so many that they was able to donate to help, you know, kids uh, with uh, cancer treatment. Uh, it was a great organization that I worked with while I was playing. Hopefully I can probably reach back out to them and, and try to find some way to continue to work with because I just believed in what they was doing and you know me coming from a family uh, having a grandmother that passed away from cancer so it meant a lot to me um, but other than that I really don't have a ton going on up in Buffalo uh, you know I do miss Buffalo uh, it's one of the one of my favorite places if not the favorite place that I played at uh, just the fan base I mean Bill's Mafia was by far the best fan base I played in front of uh, you know I know we had our ups and downs uh, throughout the, you know the years I was there, you know, like you said earlier, you know, I didn't have the the career that you know I even envisioned for myself. But those five years that I spent in Buffalo, those those were some of the best years uh, of my life, and you know, and it was because of those fans. You know, they they stuck with us through the thick and thin, uh, and you know, even on the road they traveled. You know, so that's why I always the you know every Sunday I'm always checking in, seeing how the Bills do because. I know how that town is, you know, just a black, very blue collar, just, you know, roll your sleeves up, roll your, put your boots on and just go to work. You know, they don't get caught up into that, you know, that Hollywood hoopla type stuff. Uh, and, and that's what makes them very special. And, you know, the thing that I always respect about them is that, hey, we can talk about our players, but they ain't, they not going to allow opposing teams <laughs> to talk about the players on the Buffalo Bills roster. So I, I'm, I'm always be very appreciative to that. Uh, you know, so there's some great places that I was able to eat up there uh, that I missed. So hopefully one day when I have some time, I can get back up there and visit Old Orchard Park and check out because I know uh, Coach McDermott and, and Mr. Bean, he's doing a 
they're doing a great job with that organization. Hey, real quick, since you since you missing some food, man, I got to put you on the spot. Blue cheese or ranch, man? I got to put you on the spot. Why are you going to do that to me? I got to. You, 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 you gotta, want the fans to really be mad at me, but I ain't going to fall for that. I, I'm going to go with blue cheese. Yeah, all right, I got you. yeah, you think yeah, that was the number one thing they that was probably one of the first questions I got when I got to Buffalo and I fell for the trap. I so I ain't gonna do it again. So but now that you was see, I had to do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna fall for that trap again. But that was one of the first traps that they gave me. Yeah, because I mean I just didn't I mean I knew wings was huge up there, but I mean I didn't know you know blue cheese and wrench was a big debate when I got to Buffalo. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. you know, I go with the other one. Uh, but no, blue cheese. Blue cheese. <laughs> I got you. I'm just messing with you, man. Yo, y'all know how I do it over here, man. It's Jay Smith the King. Y'all can find me on Buffalo Rumblers Podcast Network, man. I thank Coach CJ Spiller for joining me. Y'all know how I do it. Y'all take care of each other, love each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive and test negative. Let's go, Bills. Let's go. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.